furniture, appliances, mattress, fam.news. If you did not listen to part one with Jason Friedman, please go back, grab your notepad, pen and paper, because it is an absolute on fire episode about Jason's customer experience formula and all of his time working with world-class productions like Fleetwood Mac and Fiddler on the Roof, and then taking that uh, experience over to brands like Nike, Adidas, Disney, Harvard, Foot Locker. And Jason is back with us for part two because we were so excited and so long-winded in the best possible way. So again, get that notepad and pen and paper out. Without further ado, part two. Kinsley Vegas Market's coming up right around the corner, and I'm really fired up because the fam's having another meetup. So if you're listening to this now, which you clearly are, uh, come and join Koalify and the fam at Vegas Market for drinks, music, fun, and the chance to win $1,000 in cash prizes. Woo, 1000 bucks, baby. It's all happening. You know what we're going to do? Let's make it happen at the Englander Showroom. So 4 p.m. Monday, January 30th in C1596. That's the Englander Showroom. Let's meet up. I'm pumped. Let's do it. And you know what? You're going to be going out to dinners. And before you get in that cab line, come have a little cocktail and enjoy a few minutes with some friends. When you're in Vegas for market, don't miss Ergo Motion's redesigned showroom. There's a brand new entrance and they're still in B1380. You know, they have an all new category expanding innovation lab. You got to see. Yeah. And their adjust to amazing retail program is designed to drive consumer education and business at retail. Ergo Motion 1380. Don't miss it. Yeah, that's B1380. I said don't miss it. <laughs> Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. The Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Podcast has liftoff in I love what you're saying there. And Jason, it just makes me think, right? So many companies are working in their business, not on their business. And for me, it seems like there's a short-term approach to business, and then there's the long game, right? And the short game is promotion, price, product. It's table stakes almost, right? It's like what everyone else is doing to get business, get traffic, all of that. But long game is really more about what you're talking about. It's investing in the experience so that the word of mouth marketing, which is way more valuable than an ad any day of the week, right? so that the experience that they have, which is playing long game, is so good that to your point earlier, they're telling people exactly what you want them to do. And by reverse engineering that, there's so much value in you know, the process and helping them get there. Does that hit a mark for you? Yeah, 100%. I would, I would only add um, two thoughts that uh, become very evident to me, is that that word of mouth marketing is what the most successful advertisers actually advertise. They advertise the word of mouth. They advertise the testimonials and the success stories and the case studies. So even if you're going to be pouring great advertising dollars on it, when you have the great testimonials and the positive feedback and the social proof, those are the stories that you use for advertising that actually resonate the most. It's not brand promotion. It's results promotion. It's customer evangelism. And, and you magnify it, right? So like, Advertising today, especially social media advertising, which is the lion's share of what most of us do, it's all about a megaphone for your success stories, right? So if you focus on the success stories, then you get to amplify that, right? So I, I, that's the one thing I would say is like, you're right, 100%. But then when you put the advertising layer onto that piece, it's, it's explosive. The second thing I think 
is that you're 100% right that it is it is a long game, but I think it's also becoming the short game. And here's why. Number one, like if you look at the, the speed of growth of business today, right? Online business alone, I'm just going to talk about online world. We're on podcast right now. We're talking about that that side of things, right? Online businesses are growing like billions and billions and billions of dollars every single year. More and more people are creating online trainings, online courses, podcasts, this, that, the other thing, you name it, right? And now we have AI and more and more people are utilizing AI to create more and more content, more and more stuff. How the heck are you going to differentiate your business if you don't have a better experience? It's the humanization today that is going to carry you forward. So I think the faster that we start to iterate on this next wave of what's transforming in the marketplace, even more experience is going to be the answer. And it has been the answer all along, right? You go back to Disney creating Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and that's why that grew. And, you know, it's like, it's always been the answer. It's always going to be the answer. It's becoming more and more important. Even when I thought it couldn't be more important, all of a sudden something else comes. Like if you have 4 billion people, like the niche of the niche of the niche, like these super sub niches of things, well, now everybody can be in that niche like in a week because they can use AI to generate the content, the marketing, the hooks, the this, the that. And they might actually create better content than you created two years ago because it's more relevant, maybe. And you're not willing to go back and re-record your course or you don't have the time or you're so busy serving. So the only way you're going to compete with all of that, in my opinion, is by having a better experience. You can find more information online than you ever could before. You can Google more information and get more results than you ever had before. You can ask AI tools for information that you never had before. The human experience is going to be what helps you win. So I think more and more, we're going to see that long game becoming a short game and a long game. And I think it's going to be the only way you can really differentiate your business in the long run. And Jason, just what you were describing, all of these different elements that are going to come into people's field of view, I think is going to make the testimonial piece of what you described even more important because people are going to be looking at a landscape and not really knowing what is real and what's not real. So who can you trust? So I mean, true. yeah, there's going to be deep fake people that can go on screens and pretend like they're saying something. There's no doubt about that. But whenever you flag and tag, you know, a dynamic personality who's standing in your sleep shop or furniture store and you say, hey, would you fill out the survey? You know, just a couple of questions about your sleep. And then we're going to follow up with you in three months. You flag and tag and you follow up with a survey to see and show improved sleep. And then you say, hey, we want to come out with a quick film crew, do a couple minute video, and we're going to give you a couple of free pillows. Now you're feeding your content machine with actual testimonials and people want to go where other people have already been and people want to go places they've already been in their mind. And you do that through the vehicle of other people. And so 100%. I think it's such a key strategy to deploy and really spend some time thinking about. Yeah. And that's why I don't think it's all long-term, right? Like if, if you have a great experience tomorrow, Right. If you, and even more importantly, if you see that you have got some consistent complaints or or problems or poor reviews in a certain area about a certain thing, like if you fix just that one thing and and you think about like, OK, what do I want the new thing to do? How do I want them to feel? You'll find that you can have a huge result from any of the things we're talking about real time. Like it doesn't need, need to be the long game, depending on how some of the things happen. Like I, I will say that no matter what. The customer, 
referral, the, the friend to friend, the human to human is, is the most important thing that you can, that you can have in your business, no matter what. And to your point with, with everything that's going on, that is the most valuable thing. Having customers who love you, who want to go to bat for you, who want to refer you, like that's where it's at. And I think it's there more than it's ever been before. And I've been saying that same thing for years and it's more and more true. You, Jason, so you made me think, you guys, as we're sitting here talking about this, Mark, you and I talk about qualitative research a lot. And in qualitative research, you're looking for consistent threads, right? But in, and in the word of mouth, like if you go back, Jason, and you reverse engineer, right? What do you want people to say about your business? What you don't want them to say is good experience, nice guy, great product. Great. Like that's not what you're after. What you should be after is these guys are freaking awesome. Loved it. Total consultative selling got me in the right thing. I love it. It's I'm waking up feeling incredible every day. Thank you. So like, that's the referral. That's the word of mouth that you want, not a star on a, I mean, the stars are fine and important, right? But that's what you guys both made me think as we're talking about it is like, what are you really after? You're after the dynamic, emotional, you know, powerful language that says, this is the only place you should ever go if you ever need anything that they sell, right? I mean, that's exactly. It. Yeah. And that's, and that's the magic of like that whole exercise that we talked about, that ideal customer script. You know, spoiler alert, that's still in our, our kinetic customer formula program because it is like a key piece, right? And it's, again, the second you do that, you start like, so again, going to go and I'm going to be a fanboy of Dan Sullivan, right? So Dan Sullivan would ask this question or say this, he, and he would say, you know, like you, you, if someone asks you a question, you may not answer it, but you can't ignore it. It changes your thinking, right? And so like, I think, that questions are among the most powerful tools in our toolbox, period, right? And so like when you are thinking and you're asking yourself like, what would I want people to say? And then you start writing it down. You're like, and what, and you just keep asking, why? Why would I want them to say that? What more could they say? How can I make it more visual? Like how would I see it in a video? If I was gonna like watch this ideal customer script on camera, what would it look like? so that you get more of the, 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 the words that are descriptive, right? All of a sudden, like asking yourself those questions and starting to think about it, it will change so many things. There's a ripple effect in your business. You can't necessarily, you will never credit the ideal customer script for it, I promise. Like, you know, most people won't, they won't even think about it, but all of a sudden things are gonna start to like change in their, in their business and as they think about the customer. And it may be the forms they use, it may be that they don't use forms anymore, Maybe that they do more things digital. It may be that they add an employee because they need someone here or they remove a step of a process or whatever. Things happen very quickly once you start asking these questions and thinking about it because you can't ignore those things. And so I just think like one of the most powerful things we can do in our lives and our businesses is ask better questions because the better the questions are, the bigger the transformations, the bigger the results we get and the more it can move us forward. So, um, you know, I just, I love, and I think that's a lot of what our, our course and our training really does is that we help in a framework, ask better questions that help you get the results you want. You know, we were talking earlier, like, you know, how do you have so many different kinds of businesses go through the same program and get a great result? It's because we have a thingy, right? Our thingy is this kinetic customer formula, and it's how we help you the lenses that we have you look at your business through and the questions that we have you ask 
so that you can craft what is most relevant for you and for your customer. And it's, it's, you know, it's been many, many years of asking different questions and refining it and refining it and refining it. And I think that's where the power lies. And that's how we're able to help so many people. You, you and your business, whoever you are, you know so much about your business, but you're so close to it. So the powerful thing is to let all of us, other outside people, mentors, advisors, friends, ask you some questions that might get you to like, look at it from a different perspective, see it through a different lens and understand it from a different vantage point. And I think that's what's always been helpful for me and why I have coaches and mentors and I, 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 I lean into people for that. So I don't, cause I have blind spots just like everybody else. And so that we can all really look at our, our business through that kind of a lens. So that's what we did with this program. I think it's, uh, the best thing we've ever done, for sure. I think it's more implementable, actionable than we've ever done. I think it's more fun to go through than anything we've ever done because I think fun is a big part of it. Um, and like at the end of the day, I just want to see people getting huge results in their business and you know being even more proud of what they built and having customers that are that are sharing that and telling other people about it. So yeah, so that's our that's our mission. We're on that we're on that mission. Um, and uh, I just can't be, uh, couldn't be more excited about launching it now. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jason, we are really excited about the work you're doing. Obviously, like I said, we've been following you in some capacity and really absorb some of the lessons that you've taught people. So we, we appreciate you sharing your knowledge. And I tell you, I'm, I'm really excited to reel you into the furniture and mattress industry in a more official capacity because one thing people don't know about you probably in this audience is, you owned a chain of sleep diagnostic centers where you have been <laughs> yeah. in the in the sleep business, help people get better rest. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, uh, my partner Bob and I, uh, did that for for quite a while, and um, it was an interesting business. We learned a lot about sleep, um, and uh, and I think it's again, it's so important what you guys are doing and how you guys are helping. Um, everyone in that space is, is, is amazing. And it's, it's a, I have a, I have a, a huge soft spot, uh, <laughs> for you, um, uh, and what you guys are doing and, and would love to be able to help in some capacity for sure. Well, and, and I love one of the stories you told me about creating some of the experiences at a sleep diagnostic center mm -hmm. that would be unexpected. One of the things you told me is you had showers for people, because if you're going for a sleep study, it's uncomfortable. You're hooked up to gadgets all night. Uh, and then you a lot of times have to get up and go to work the next day. And you had your team trained to offer to press people's clothes, to iron their clothes in the morning. Yeah. What, what was that all about? Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's funny and it's true. Um, but, you know, when people, so we were competing with hospitals, right? You can go to a hospital and get a sleep study. Most hospitals had like one or two beds that you could get in. You could be on a waiting list for six, seven months. So the scenario was you go to your doctor, you're snoring. Doctor says, oh my gosh, you have sleep apnea. I think we got to get you in for a sleep study. Here's the thing. You could die because of this. Like the way it works, it triggers your heart constantly and you can have a heart attack or a stroke or worse. We got to get you in as soon as possible. You go home, you call the hospital, you try and get in. They're like, oh, there's a six month waiting period. So we built a different model. So we had 12 bed centers where we could get people in within 48 hours typically um, for a study. Now they come in, they're in a, a foreign place in usually like a business park. It wasn't like a hospital kind of setting or whatever. And they're sleeping there. It's a foreign place with all these wires and stuff attached to them. And so we wanted it to be a very different experience. So, 
you know, they're greeted by, I always call our, our receptionist or greeted the director of first impressions because they are the director of first impressions. And they go through that whole experience and they get brought in and we have menus of, you know, we had a coffee menu so they could choose what kind of coffee they wanted the next morning. We had a movie menu so they could choose what movie they wanted to watch in their room. And back, this is before like Netflix was everywhere and what have you. Um, we had a pillow menu. We had, you know, all sorts of great stuff so that they like really got the sense that this was more of like a, a four seasons like experience. And so as the person was kind of tucking them in and getting them all ready, they'd say, you know, I'm, are you going to work the next morning? Okay, great. I see you have your clothes here. Um, would you like for us to press your clothes? So that when you wake up in the morning, they're nice and ironed and, and wrinkle free. And people were like, wait, what? Wait, you're, wait, what, what? Like speechless, like literally speechless. And, and it did a bunch of different things. Now, not one person ever took us up on it. Like they never did, right? Probably thinking like, how good can they be at pressing clothes or like whatever. But, but they were blown away that we thought to ask. And it made them start to think in their minds because they would tell us this, like, you guys must have everything really dialed in if you have time to be pressing our clothes. And like, you must really, like you run a tight ship and this place is immaculate and spick and span. And like every, every perception that they had of us was colored by the fact that we cared enough to ask them about that and the pillows and the coffee and the, you know, tea and whatever we, we did for them. And so they would tell other people. And so one of the things we did is we'd ask them to rate us and write a few words about like what they thought about it. And we would, the way we got our business was through doctor referrals, like physician referrals to us. And so we would photocopy, we'd always get five-star reviews from almost every patient gave us a five-star review and like wrote down like, they're amazing. They had my coffee. They blah, 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 whatever. They asked to press my clothes. We would give these reviews back to the doctors with their sleep study. And so they'd be sending us more and more patients because that's where the raving fans, that's the word of mouth that we needed to quote advertise on the front end. It was, it was, it was tremendous. And it's like, it's, it's again, it's how do we want them to feel? That was the question. Just like I asked in the beginning of this whole, this whole conversation, like, when they come to the front of your store and they're going to open that door, how do you want them to feel? Get really clear on the feelings that you want people to have. And there's a whole lot of opportunity to do things to help them feel that way authentically. We literally had like equipment to press their clothes. We weren't like, it wasn't a joke. We were going to literally do it, but we just wanted them to feel that cared for and feel like at home and taken care of because we wanted them to relax and be present. Like that was it. So I want to give everyone a, a, a little free hack uh, or piece of information that you wrote about um, that I loved. And if you go to cxformula.com, there's a way to download a document that's three um, hacks on how to wow your customer, right? And one of the things you said in there, and this is, it's a new year, Mark, we all have to be thinking like, what, what are we going to do? And how are we going to improve our game this year that seems to be the 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 focus on in the beginning of every new year that i loved and i want to share with this audience which is how do you plan spontaneity so spontaneity is good but like so you your recommendation was and you, you talked about doing it with your wife you literally sat down and wrote out one day here are six moments in 2022 or whatever year you were in let's say 2023 that I'm going to do something cool for my wife that I haven't done and that she'll never expect. Valentine's Day, birthdays, none of that counts. It's gotta be something random and unexpected. 
and you plan it out one day, you plan it out and you make arrangements and then you just let that happen throughout there. And you said every time that one of those moments happened, the, the value it added to your relationship with your wife and how it made her feel and how it like just the, the positive impact of it all. I just thought that was such a great way yeah. to apply your logic and what you're talking about to everyday life. So thank you for that little help. And you guys can go to cxformula.com and download the rest of that document and read the rest of that. Yeah, that's it's a super fun one. I do it on New Year's Day. So I literally, literally just went through that um, on uh, on Sunday. And I picked the most important relationships in my, my life, right? Business and personal. And I just, I figure out what those things are going to be. And then I schedule them so that they happen. And like you said, the rules of the game are it can't be unexpected days. So Valentine's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, like all those expected holidays, don't not do those. That will actually undo <laughs> some of the other things, right? So I'm not telling you not to do something on Valentine's Day. I'm just saying that's not planned spontaneity. That's like the required, you know, required deal. So yeah, it's uh, it's huge. I love like if you do it, like tell me how it works. I want to hear like, and I always I love to hear how people use these things, what the results people are getting. So um, if you do that, when you do that, uh, I would love to love to hear about it because it's uh, it's a powerful activity. I can't agree with that enough. Um, I remember going to some live shows after we wrote our book, and this guy just goes into deep detail about everything he had taken from our book and applied. And it meant the world to me because I'm like, I wish you would have sent me an email earlier or we get more phone calls like that. So yeah, if you, if you take some of the ideas from this podcast, if you want to get in touch with Jason, uh, go to cxformula.com and, and Jason, we've got to invite you back to the show. And I'll tell you, we went Love three it. times longer and this was uh, the absolute highlight. The thing I was looking forward to most in the podcast universe for this, for this upcoming year. And I, I want to ask you kind of a final summary question. What did we not ask you about that you think is important for people to know? Um, yeah, uh, I love and hate this question. I have a, I have a bittersweet relationship with this question. Um, you know, uh, as it relates to customer experience, client experience, I think um, the only thing that you didn't ask me that I wish you had asked me about that was like, how hard is it to really make an impact with using this kind of stuff? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of people get overwhelmed. Like it seems like this kind of gray amorphous thing. It's not as tangible. It's, it might be expensive. People might be thinking, oh my gosh, like I don't have a lot of money to buy gifts. People think like, oh, customer experience is buying gifts for people or sending them swag in the mail or whatever. And um, I think the, the, the most important thing to keep in mind is it's about the thinking, right? It's, it's a thinking, it's a mindfulness exercise, right? It's like, how do I want my customers to feel in these different moments? And what ultimately do I want them to do at the end, right? Like, what do I want the results to be for them? And if you spend the time really being thoughtful about that and writing that down, and then you stop and you go even more meta and you say, okay, what did I learn? What did I learn? The thinking about your thinking. Like massive, massive mountains are, are moved in these kind of exercises for me. And, um, and so I think like at the end of the day, I don't think it's too hard. I don't think it's too difficult. I, and I definitely don't think it's, um, 
it's it's one of the most important things you can be focused on. And and I'm not saying that because I happen to be peddling a course on it, right? It's not that. It's just like I just see everywhere I go, I've been speaking at a variety of different masterminds again. Like I go through waves of like being invited on podcasts and and speaking at events and on stages and so on and so forth. And um it it's it's like when people start to realize, oh my gosh, this experience thing is like more important than ever before. All of a sudden the phone starts to ring, the email box starts to fill up and everyone's like, oh my gosh, can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help us? It's because it's becoming more and more important, like I said. And I just don't want people to get overwhelmed by it. I think that's what I I, I, I don't want. It's the thinking behind it. A lot of the things like asking someone if they would like to have their clothes pressed, it was an ironing board and an iron and five minutes of instruction for our staff on how to do it if they had to. Like it, it cost less than a hundred bucks. And and we had that benefit to hundreds of customers, thousands of customers, right? So it's like, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be big. It's like, how do you want them to feel? What kinds of ways do I show up that makes people feel that way and has people understand that? And if you use theater as a, as a little hack, it's like, how would it, like, how would they show that on stage? What would they be wearing? What would the set look like? What is like, what does it look like when someone is, is being that caring? And I think you'll find that you have like a lot of great ideas that you could put in place that don't cost anything. Don't take a lot of extra work from your team and can really move the needle. And most importantly, help you serve your customers in a bigger, deeper way and help them get results. And I think the bar in many cases is very low. And so that doesn't mean you should aim low. You should definitely do exactly what you described in this this episode. And I would encourage you to go back through this with a pen and paper and jot down some of these ideas and and get your script, you know, buttoned up and really think, you know, then break that script into its component parts and figure out those magical moments. But as a bonus, in case you do want to go big, you told us an incredible story that I think illustrates this point on on a larger scale. And it's the story of your time working with Stanford Hospital. Great way to end the show, Mark. I'm glad you went there because I love this story. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're just, we're making this show longer and longer and longer. We're gonna, so, it's a two-parter so now. Thank you. Yeah, it's a two-part show. So here we are in part two. Um, no, so um, thanks for asking the question. You know, Stanford, um, Stanford Healthcare, which is the hospital as part of Stanford University, um, was opening a very state-of-the-art, brand-new, multi-billion-dollar hospital. And, um, and they, they were fighting some challenges in the community. People thought that maybe it was uh, going to be the Taj Mahal and that it was maybe too expensive or too inaccessible and so on and so forth. And so they wanted us to come in and help them change the narrative that was going on in the, in the community about that and help them really introduce the hospital to them in a way that made them connect with it and a kind of be appreciative and grateful that it was in their backyard, if you will. Right. And so we had the, you know, we, we'd worked with Stanford for many, many years, had a 20 year relationship with them at the time. So they knew to call us. Right. And, and we started talking to them about like, what, what do we want people to feel at the end of that? And it really was like, we want people to like be weeping that they're so grateful that they have access to this, like that, like, we are the luckiest people in the world that we live someplace that has this amazing service to the community, right? Just really feel that way. And not in a, not from an arrogant 
kind of perspective, but from really a genuine like, wow, this can really help people. And so we thought a lot about like, how would we introduce the hospital to people, right? And so like when you go on a tour of a building or whatever, you usually start out in the entrance and you kind of walk through and Stanford Healthcare has this beautiful atrium um, and it, it is a little Taj Mahal-like, right? So it's not necessarily the message that we wanted people to have as their first impression. And what we really thought through was like, it's not just you who has the experience, it's your family who has an experience too. And, and the architects and the designers of the project really were very thoughtful about that whole thing, like, like space, privacy, um, family uh, friendly, you know, bringing people together, allowing you to have all of that. And so we wanted to tell that story and we thought, what better way to have people feel grateful than to have them really see this through a patient's eyes. And so instead of starting the journey out in the front door, we started in the back door. And so we had them start in the emergency room uh, entrance where the ambulance pulled in, not like the person entrance, the ambulance bay. And so we built this kind of like big tent that would kind of cover it because it's, it's open. So we had to stick it out past the building. We had seats in there and a screen and sound system. And so people would come in, they'd sit down and we had this like very documentary, very um, raw, um, stoic uh, video. It's like, you know, welcome to Stanford University, Stanford Healthcare. And like, it was like just, you know, music from the sixties kind of thing. It was like, not what you would expect from this thing. And that was the idea, right? To kind of people, people like, like kind of zone out a little bit. Then all of a sudden the tent started to buff it. And you felt this rumble from all the subwoofers and you heard this, like, it sounded like a helicopter landing on top of the tent. And all of a sudden, like this, uh, this emergency announcement breaks out, the screen kind of squiggles off. If you can imagine you hear, Boop! folks, we have a trauma 99, trauma 99, which is like a code that like, oh my God, someone's coming in on the chapter and they're near death. We have to like all hands on deck. And so they would explain that the hospital's not yet open, but we need their help. And so to quickly grab your stuff and kind of follow your tour guides inside and they'll take you on a journey. You can help us prepare the people. And so what we did from that point, I didn't tell all the nuance before. I'll just tell you a couple other details, but we had hundreds of uh, tour guides that were in scrubs, like dressed like people that were kind of going through. And we had different tour routes um, that they could go through. So we could bring through tons and tons of people on different routes because we had to bring 40,000 people through in less than 10 days on this tour schedule. And so as they would go on this journey, they were seeing this, this trauma patient who was in a very bad accident and they're experiencing what he or she, what he at the time, um, I think we had two versions, a he and a she, but what, what they would experience um, as a patient and as the family. And so they went from the emergency room to the operating room, to the ICU, to the patient rooms, and they got to experience all of that. And it was amazing because like you'd see the patient in the bed. So like in the emergency room, they had these like glass doors that would close for each of the rooms. We had video in those doors. So as you came up on this one room, you'd see all the rooms empty with beds. And then this one, we had video inside. So it actually looked like there were doctors and nurses inside with the patient. Like it, you didn't know that it wasn't real at first. And then the doctor would kind of turn around and be like, hi, my name is, you know, whatever. And I'm the head of the emergency department. And they would tell a story and explain what's happening why it matters and how they're going to move that through. And then they'd hand you off to the next person. And you'd walk through the facility and go to the next room in the next room. And people were so blown away by the experience that literally at the end, they were like, thank God, this is where we live. Thank God, this is our hospital. So it went from like, we don't want this place to this is our place. And that was the conversation we were trying to change. 
And, you know, we were privileged and grateful to be able to be a part of that and to tell that story. And it's gone on to save, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives, I'm sure, at least thousands of lives since then. Um, and it's just, it's really exciting to be able to use these, understanding these tactics, these techniques, and use them to help people. And I think everybody out there, uh, especially in the, in the sleep universe, right? Like you're out there trying to help people get a better night's sleep. Don't lose sight of that. That's the business here. And you're not selling mattresses. You're selling quality sleep and better lives and better relationships. And so the more we understand that and how we want people to feel, I think the better questions we figure out that we need to ask, the ways that we can remove obstacles from helping people get those results, and the more we can understand that sales is service. And the more that we can serve, the more that we will sell. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that we were able to just share that story. And again, it doesn't have to be a Disney-like experience like that. You don't need helicopters landing. You need to understand where people are, how to get them hooked and get them to be in that moment with you and be present and then take them on that journey so that they get that result. Wow. You have a microphone you can drop? There you go. <laughs> Kinsley, we've got to do a better job of having guests on the show that can inspire and educate us. We have to find people like that. <laughs> Great job. Jason. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jason, that's a, what an amazing show. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us and talk to the people in this audience, because what you're doing, uh, the purpose behind it and the impact you're making on, on companies, I, I know, and, and therefore consumers is so big. And so we're just grateful for the, your, your servant's heart. And we can tell you're driven by helping people that you're in business with. And so we're just, we love that about you and all the things that you're doing. And again, for everyone listening to this, if you want to connect with Jason, definitely go to cxformula.com and uh, check it out. And uh, please share this show, uh, share this podcast, come to fam.news, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get the show and uh, listen to it and, and send, it to, send it to some friends because there's a lot of people that need to listen to this. So Jason, on Well, Jason, thank you for coming back for part two, because I was informed in the middle of part one and two that we were going to split it up. So uh, <laughs> we'll definitely bring you back for hopefully part three and four. And and thank you yeah, again for love. letting me be like one of your number one fans on the planet and oh, uh, totally, you, totally yes. fanboy out on you. Um, you truly are an inspiration to me and to so many others. And we just got to keep pushing your message forward and helping people apply this and implement it. And hey, I think the world's going to be a better place. We appreciate you, man. Uh, amen. Yeah, guys, I, I, I feel the same way and uh, love you guys too. Appreciate you having me on the show and uh, excited to see how people take some action. So thanks for having me. And I, I hope that there is a, hope there's a part three. Looking forward to it. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah.